19 past the hour as we continue Sports Talk Live out here, Memorial Gym, hanging with you, 505-6009. That's our telephone number, 505-6009. Get you right on in and through to the program. Would love to hear from you on the show, anything on your mind. Hey, meanwhile, uh, earlier today, as we mentioned, um, they introduced about two hours ago UTEP's 27th head coach, uh, Scotty Walden, in case you missed the press conference, here are some of the opening comments he made to uh, members of the media as well as people in attendance out at um, the Larry K. Durham Center earlier today. Come on! It's a great day to be a minor. Come on! Come on! Let's go! Hey, now now you got to get used to this. All right, see how, see how uh, attentive we are here. I'm going to break it down. Let's see how good you guys can break it down. I'm going to test this on the team tomorrow. Family on three. One, two, three. Oh, you passed the test. That's a dang great job right there. That's amazing. Hey, I usually, I, that's how we start every team meeting. And, uh, you know, you know I, I get with those recruits sometime, and we start every recruiting meeting that way. And, uh, you know, they like to be the cool guy first and, and not say family loud. But this is a proud family community. This is a proud, proud university, and I am uh, elated. Uh, to be up here. You know, I'm just thankful that Jim didn't put a, uh, a timer on me because, man, this thing, may, this thing may last all day, man. He may stop. He may nose my leg, but I am so fired up to be the next head football coach at the University of Texas at El Paso. Uh, it is an absolute honor. Um, and we're going to dive into more uh, about what we're going to bring here to El Paso, what we're going to do together, because um, that word family means a lot to me. Um, but before I do that, I want to get into, you know, some thank yous. And I appreciate that introduction. You guys didn't know that, you know, I made the transfer portal cool before the transfer portal was cool now. You know what I mean? Huh? It was, you know, hey, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was ahead of my time there. But uh, really, really uh, was an amazing uh, just playing career, getting to be around some great coaches, great people that influenced my career. But I want to start out first off uh, just with some thank yous. Uh, now, you guys are going to get to know me. Uh, I don't script plays in practice. I don't script practice, all right? I'm, I'm very a non-script person, um, but uh, my wife made me put a checklist up here, so uh, I, would, I would be, uh, you know, staying on task, all right, with everybody's time. So I've got a little uh, checklist just to run through, uh, but people that are near and dear to my heart. Uh, and first off, I, I, I want to I thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, for this opportunity today. It, uh, um, w- without him, I'm nothing, and without him, um, you know, I'm, I'm not able to have the, the family that I have, and this great game saved my life, and this great game influenced my life, and uh, that, that, that is number one in my heart. Uh, next up, I would like to thank Dr. Heather Wilson, and I would like to thank uh, Mr. Jim Center and, and the entire committee uh, that, uh, that, that interviewed me, that uh, went through this process. Um, it is an honor to be your head football coach, and I th- cannot thank you enough for the opportunity and the belief in myself, my family, and our vision for this university, and we're going to give you everything we got. And, and, and then some. And so thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm excited to partner with all of you. I'm excited to partner with the El Paso community. Um, it is, it, it is uh, truly an honor to, to stand up here uh, today as your head football coach. So that was the opening statement uh, from Scotty Walden. And he went through his thank yous and he thanked uh, really uh, people very close to him, his wife, his family, his coaches uh, out in high school. Um, and was very, uh, and also a very religious guy. So, 
uh, that was something else we noticed. You could tell that, uh, you know, for him, uh, he is religious. That's been a big part of his life, and it's uh, a big reason for his success, which he talked about also in the opening uh, part of his remarks. And then as he was getting a little deeper into his statement, he started talking about the team itself and what fans can really start to expect from his UTEP football teams. And I know that that is something a lot of you um, are probably interested in hearing, especially if you were not able to listen to the uh, press conference when it was live. So here you go, new head football coach Scotty Walden talking about what fans should expect from his minor teams beginning in the 2024 season. People ask, you know, why UTEP? And it is very simple. It's very easy. First off, it starts with the people. It's no just just like us getting off the flight. You know, Jim discussed this. Uh, you know, we just got off the flight a few, few hours ago. And within, you know, five minutes being off the flight, we met four people that told me welcome to, shook my hand, came up and, and met my family and said, hey, welcome to El Paso. And uh, the pa- this is one of the most passionate fan bases in the country. At my time at Sol Ross, obviously in Alpine, Texas, I, I played with and coached a, a lot of young men from El Paso and kind of got some insight, you know, to that. And then in 2019, when I was at the University of Southern Mississippi, we had an opportunity to come play uh, here at the Sun Bowl. And I remember leaving that game just thinking, this, this place is a sleeping giant. And obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a Texas guy. And, um, you know, I, I, my dream was to be a Division One FBS head football coach. And uh, there is no better place than to start that FBS journey in the state of Texas at a university like El Paso, which, by the way, growing up in Texas, you know, they used to always say, uh, El Paso, that's not even in Texas. And last time I checked, all right, this is the University of Texas at El Paso. And we're going to make sure that's real clear. But, and, and you know what, though? As you can tell, Hey, I'm I'm a chip on my shoulder, edge type guy. I've been counted out many times, and that's what I love about this place. We're the quote-unquote forgotten ones, but they're going to remember us pretty quick. I can tell you that right now because we're going to outwork, we're going to outplay, we're going to outcoach, we're going to outrecruit our competition, and we're going to build this thing with integrity, and we're going to build this thing with the most dynamic staff in the country, and it's going to be the funnest product you've ever seen in UTEP history to watch. It's going to be an aggressive style of football, on offense, we snap the ball every 12 seconds and we fly. We don't wait on anybody. If I go for it on fourth down, all right, guess what? Hey, we don't get it, boomy, all right? We get it, cheer loud, all right? Let's go. All right, because we, we, we are going to electrify the Sun Bowl. We want this place right here, which I, I made a statement on this, and I stand by it. This stadium right here, this is the best group of five stadium in the country. And the, with the most, yeah, you give it up on that. Give it up. When I look at all the potential here, um, I, I see a place that is ready to be woken up. And I'm not a man of guarantees. I'm not one of these guys that gets up here and says, I guarantee you we're going to win this, win that, all that stuff. I, the one guarantee I'm, I make to you is there's not going to be a staff that's going to work harder in the country to get this thing right, both on and off the field, do, doing, doing great things in the community, doing great things in the classroom. We are going to be committed to our process, committed to making this place a winner and committed to building leaders in our program. To our players that are currently in the locker room, hey, give me a chance, don't leave. All right, don't leave. This, this number, I don't know why you'd want to leave this place. Recruits, I don't know why you wouldn't want to come play at this place in El Paso, Texas. 
with the most passionate fans. That place right there, I've seen, I've seen that place packed out. This place has pride and tradition um, unlike any other, and we're going to bring that back, and we're going to fight to bring that back every single day. Uh, we're going to develop men of character in our program. This is going to be more than just a football program. I know I'm touching on the football side right now, but this is going to be more than just a football program. You know, we got a saying in our program, how you do something is how you do everything. And we want to be one with the community. We want to support the sports that are on campus. Our volleyball team is playing tonight. Our basketball teams who are competing. We want to be advocates for the university and join forces because we broke it down on family when we started this thing, right? And unity is the secret in everything that we do. Unity is going to be the secret. X's and O's is going to be great, but it's going to be the El Paso community. It's going to be the community of UTEP coming together as one and for a common goal. And I'm so excited to partner that. We're going to get out in the community. We're going to be visible. All right? I, I, you know, I'm proud of uh, you know, bringing two of the four uh, conference championships to Austin Peace State University. That's all great. But one th- the thing I'm probably most proud of this past year in, in winning the conference title, our guys put in over 700 hours of community service okay, in, a, in a fall semester. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. We are going to develop young men that have a heart to serve and a heart to be a part of the El Paso community because we have to go earn your ticket in that Sun Bowl, and we want to give you a product to be proud of on and off the field. I want you to be able to call your friend that's that, you know, they're cheering for the Aggies, they're cheering for the Red Red, cheering for all these people, and you, with pride, get on that phone and have a conversation with them. Hey, I'm a UTEP minor. I'm at the University of Texas at El Paso. And this is going to be one of the most up-and-coming programs in the country, in the state of Texas, and we're going to do it with you. The, the city of El Paso is a tight-knit family community, and that's what I love about this place already. Just talking with the coaches in the city, it, 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 the, the passion they have for their players, they have for UTEP, is unparalleled and unmatched. And, we, and I want to be clear, we're going to recruit the city of El Paso. We're going to find the best players. That's right. We're going to find the best players in the city of El Paso, and if they walk out of El Paso, all right, like, that, that, that's not okay. All right, that's not okay. It's not going to be okay with my staff. All right, I'm a firm believer you have to own your region in recruiting. You have to own your home base in recruiting, so it starts here. We will be committed to making sure that the best group of five, okay, football players do not leave the city of El Paso. And then we're going to branch out into the Texas high schools. Yes, we're going to utilize the transfer portal. Yes, we're going to utilize junior college, but you build your program with great high school football players, especially from the state of Texas. We go back to that T and UTEP. This is the state of Texas, and we are going to be advocates. Uh, we're going to make sure that THSCA, we're going to make sure that the state of Texas doesn't forget about us out here in El Paso out west. Okay, there you go. So that's a lot of what uh, kind of player he wants to bring, the athlete he wants to bring. As far as the style on offense and on defense, we'll play that for you coming up as well. Before we get to Adrian, bottom of the hour, your thoughts on what you just had a chance to listen to again from uh, Coach Scotty Walden, Adrian. Yeah, I like the motto, win the West. I think that's a really good idea, and I like that he's really putting his stamp on the state of Texas and saying that they should be uh, a competitive brand of football. They should be you know, recruiting a 
high-level brand of football. And those are all good things that you want to hear from a head coach coming to El Paso where, hey, he says he's seen this place packed. I'm sorry, when he was with Southern Miss, it was not packed. It was, you know, there was not a lot of people in 2020 uh, for other reasons, right? It was the COVID-19 pandemic season. But, uh, but nonetheless, it's a great opportunity for him to fire up the fan base about recruiting, about you know, new initiatives, and about what kind of uh, culture he's going to bring at UTEP. 505-6009, our telephone number. At 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter X and also our mobile app, where you can all chime in and voice your thoughts on what you heard earlier today and what you're listening to now. But first, right back to Adrian. Let's get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update as we continue live out here at Memorial Gym. The comp. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. I am looking also at some of the messages we're getting on social um, Stephen at Air Stephen forty eight uh, gets in and says, "Just caught that uh, on the clip." He said, "I'm attested on the team tomorrow. I am assuming he is going to have a chance to talk to current roster and sell them on staying kids in portal still on campus." Adrian, I think the answer is yes and yes right now, and he's definitely going to try to keep everybody on board. Yeah, I love the the line. You know, if you were thinking about leaving, give me a chance. That's a that's an excellent line right there from the head coach. And I bet former players hearing that, I bet that's an area of comfort for them. I know for a fact players have a meeting with Coach Walden tomorrow at 9 in the morning. Uh, so we'll hear from that. We'll hear about how that meeting went. Uh, I'm sure players will have grievances that they want to address with the coaches, just like media members ask questions today. I'm sure players will ask a lot of questions too as far as yep. how will things change in the future and you know what opportunities do these certain players have. That's true. Uh, Poncho gets in. Watch the presentation of uh, Scotty Walden, and I was really impressed. Who wouldn't want to play for him? Looking forward to spring training. This comes from Poncho. Uh, this is from VIP Lounge GP. Any contract details yet? This dude has me jacked. Um, I have not heard contract details. Look, if I had to guess... Adrian, my best guess would be that ballpark of probably five years, seven to eight hundred thousand, or somewhere in between, plus incentives. I, I feel like that's more than likely where UTEP is going with the Scotty Walden hire. Yeah, I was talking to somebody, and they said, uh, "Look at like the Dana Dimmel contract, and it's probably yeah. going to look a lot like that one." So there you go. I, I think that tells you a lot. Dana Dimmel last season, uh, I think he made over eight hundred thousand dollars. I'm not. Yep. Sp- I don't know the. Ex- Exact specifics. If it was eight fifty, if it was eight twenty five, regardless, I would expect that number to be right around there. And if that's the case, that that kind of tells you that they're spending that kind of money uh, for football and for men's basketball, as far as UTEP athletics goes. That's that's true. And back in February of this year, Scotty uh, did sign a contract extension through twenty twenty five, and. Um, I don't have financial details on that contract that he signed. I'm assuming there's probably either a buyout in there or something along those lines. I don't know what uh, that contract was. We were told when he signed in 2020, four years, 250000 for the first year, and it escalated from there. You have to figure that when he signed that contract extension, 
probably somewhere along the lines, Adrian, of that 350 or so, uh, you know, and, and maybe more. Who knows uh, from that extension earlier today. Hey, you bring up a really good point, though, Steve. If uh, I see the new UTEP football contract for Scotty Walden and it does not include a buyout, I mean, I'm kind of uh, piggybacking off what you're saying for the future, then that's not a good sign. I mean, UTEP definitely needed to include a buyout for this contract, knowing how uh, he is kind of a young commodity as a head coach. And if he has early success at UTEP, who's to say another program doesn't swoop in and grab Scotty Walden for their own program? Oh, it's possible. It is definitely possible. So all I know is I saw the original um, the original contract, and I will be interested to see um, you know what might have this uh, what might be uh, the the new contract the extension might have paid. I think the original contract was supposed to pay him up to like two seventy. So you know he's making more than that. It wouldn't surprise me one bit, agent, if he's in the three to four hundred range and and buyout. So we'll see. All right, back to the press conference. And um, actually, I'm looking at the time. It's 38 past. Let's do this. Let's take the break. When we come back, more from the press conference, and then also you'll get a chance to hear more details on the style of offense and defense that Scotty Walden will play at UTEP, and he will be joining us in about two hours from now. 6.40 the schedule time. Looking forward to having that as well as we continue live from Memorial Gym. It's Sports Talk here, 600 ESPN El Paso. 47 past the hour as Sports Talk continues. More from uh, Scotty Walden as we are live at Memorial Gym. It is a sellout, by the way. Congratulations. UTEP has sold out their volleyball game tonight against Clemson. There will be over 3,000 people here, and this atmosphere is going to be electric. First, before we get back to uh, Coach's press conference, let's go to Fernie. He joins us next here as we continue on the show. Hey, Fernie, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Steve? What's up, Fernie? How are you? Well, I mean, obviously, he's saying all the right things. I mean, that's not too hard to, to say. I mean, I mean, any coach would say the right thing, but he does He sounds energetic, and I mean, that's what we were shooting for. You know, that was uh, correct. That was exactly what that. I mean, that's what we wanted. We wanted young, you know, younger. You know, from what we had, and uh, like I said, I've watched part of the the music. The, uh, what he had, right, and uh, <clears throat> sounded good, you know, asking, you know, as for keeping the players that he has now, but what you would think is, I mean, they're two totally different offenses. I mean, don't you agree with that, that these players were you're signed up for a, an offense that uh, I guess that Dimmel ran you know, yeah, and but like, then, uh, okay, let's let's put it let's put it this way, Fernie and and Adrian. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I would actually like to see what Cade McConnell could do in an offense where he's running a play every twelve seconds, and they're not waiting until the ball snapped to get the plays in. Like when you're when you're executing an offense and you know the playbook and you know what's coming and what to run, and pretty much play after play after play. I feel like as a quarterback, you can get into a rhythm much faster. Yeah, I would also say that in sometimes, and this might sound weird to some fans, I felt like Cade McConnell was under 
underutilized for what his strengths were on this past UTEP football team. And what I mean by that is he was more of a product of this offense and what they asked him to do, but when you actually let him just throw the ball and, and do what he can and show his actual talents, then I was actually pretty surprised. Like the Kelly Akari touchdown in the first game when he started against Florida International on the road, that was impressive. And when he was kind of let loose, allowed to check on his, some of those plays, I think that's when Cade was really successful too. Really, and, and I'll tell you something else, Fernie. A guy, a guy like Torrance Burgess. I mean, he could go wild running the ball in a system like that. Adrian, wasn't the leading running back for Austin P last year like a thirteen hundred yard rusher? Yeah, and that's the thing that he emphasized today. They want to run the ball. They want to play good defense and play complementary football uh, with mixing in that air raid system or the fast paced offense that they like to throw out there. And yes, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Uh, with a run approach like that, uh, Torrance Burgess Jr. could really feast in this offense. I want to see so, Fernie, I don't necessarily think that they've got guys that are just built for Dimmel's offense. I feel like if you utilize some of these uh, these players in the proper uh, perspective, you'll get them working well for the uh, for, for a new offense. I, You know, listen, there's, if you're versatile, you're versatile. Wouldn't you agree? Well, what I want to see is, you know, quarterback right behind the center, you know, and then mix that up with, you know, shotgun going back and forth and not just just shotgun the whole thing. I want to see a combination. I want to see this guy using the tight ends, you know, a lot more and just mixing it in. That's what I want to see is just, like you're saying, the error rate spreading it out and getting the tight ends involved and, and just, you know, putting the quarterback, just mixing them up, not just a, a vanilla offense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. So let's see what happens, guys. Appreciate you, Fernie. Thanks for the phone call. I'll be honest. I don't care if the quarterback is under center. I don't care if he's in the shotgun. All I want to see, Adrian, is a fast-paced offense, and that's and I've said that for years. I've I guess I'm, I was just tired of watching UTEP get burned by teams with quick tempo offenses that go 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 go, and seeing it work so well. And I've always wondered why we've never really seen a style like that here. Yeah, I'd also say that whenever UTEP went into two-minute drill offense on this current team, you actually got to see this team fly around a little bit and actually show what they could do. So uh, to Coach Walden's point about athleticism, talent that is on this current roster, I completely agree with that because I think with his system, with his offense, and using this kind of talent that UTEP has uh, that is on their current roster, they could actually overperform to where they did this past year. I agree with you on that one. I, I really do. Uh, 505-6009, if you would like to weigh in on some of the topics that uh, we're hitting on today. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. I love this, too. VIP, where's Orly? Did I miss his call? Uh, not today, VIP, but you missed him yesterday and you missed him on Monday. Um Adrian at Enemy Win, the number three, says, Steve, I don't care if you're full of energy or lack energy. If you take accountability or make excuses, all I care about is results. Just win, baby, from Adrian. Yeah, I mean, that's probably it, right? You know, well, you you don't want to make excuses and you don't want, I mean, you want accountability. But the bottom line is W's. That's what he wants. He wants winning. And I don't blame him. I think every minor fan says they want winning. Now, the only question is, will they be able to win? 
right out of the gate. Um, and I don't have an answer for that one. You know, their schedule is not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. Seven road games at Tennessee, at Colorado State, at Nebraska next year. But if they play well and they also and they start winning their uh, their conference games, that would bode well. Let's take Dan as we wind up our number one here on the show. Dan, welcome. How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I wanted to try to call in yesterday, but I didn't get a chance. But I, I, I heard early, early one day he was talking about the 49ers going to the Super Bowl, but he needs to pump his brakes a little bit. We have to understand that the Eagles played Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, then 49ers. San Francisco has not played that type of schedule this year. So if you're playing four tough teams like that plus the Cowboys again, yep. Uh, and come on, let's pump the brakes a little bit. The Eagles are fine. Actually, uh, and I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch of the imagination, but that, that is impressing me considerably, and I would not be surprised if the Cowboys beat the Eagles on uh, Sunday night. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And really the toughest test for the 49ers is that Ravens game on the uh, on Christmas Day. Other than that, they've got the Cardinals and Commanders on the road, the Seahawks and Rams at home. I said it on the show Monday more than anything, Dan. I think the Niners are right now built to be 14-3 and heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to get that there. But I, I honestly believe that uh, the uh, Ravens are going to knock them off. And believe it or not, although I can't stand the Cowboys, it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys ended up with the uh, number one seed. Yep, it wouldn't surprise Absolutely. me at all. And also, I'm excited about the UTEP coach. I just got telling in an interview, but we need a young, a new blood, new concept, young coach. Even if he's just here three years, uh, yeah. at least we'll have three years of good football. Hopefully, I'm with you on that one. Hey, uh, meanwhile, I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for the call. I know we're up for a break, but i got to say hello to Ben Wallace because he just popped in as we're here at Memorial Gym. How fitting. It's your first. Uh, you got a sellout crowd. you got 3,000-plus coming tonight, and we're making our first-ever uh, appearance out at Memorial to be a part of it. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, man. I'm excited you guys are here. It's uh, This is kind of the, the vision of the program, you know, when we get when we took this thing over in 2019. is You know, people keep always asking me, like, hey, when are we going to play in the dawn? I'm like, man, we're packing out Memorial first. And so – this is a cool thing. It's great for my players and for our program. I'm really excited for them that they're going to be able to play in front of, you know, 3,000 plus here. It's going to be loud, dude. Like, it's going to be crazy loud. You're going to be. You're actually going to probably feel good having this yeah. this on your head, so that you don't have to hear the the crowd in here, man. You sold it out. Is this the first ever sellout sellout in the history of uh, volleyball since you've been here? It's it's the biggest crowd in the history of the program. Nice. And it's the first time they've ever sold Memorial out for a volleyball game. And I bet it's going to be the first time since the Miners played basketball in here when this place is packed. That's incredible. That's a long time ago, man. Seems like you got a pretty jacked-up team now. Now they're, they're focused. They're ready. They realize what's at stake they with do. Clemson coming here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, make no mistake, we got beat by a, a, more, a more competitive, more complete Clemson team earlier in the year. We were up 2 nothing, and they came back and beat us in 5. And it was one of those things that just it stung. And so you don't ever really get those back in your season. So this is an opportunity for us to get it back. And that's really cool for them. They they know that they had an opportunity to beat a Power Five program. You know, somebody that that has more on the budget line in every way, shape, and form than we do. And so they're they're actually getting a brand new gym, brand new uh, facility, and they're getting a hair salon put into their into their volleyball gym. Seriously, this is not a hair salon. That's a real thing. Yes. Wow. So you know, knowing stuff like that, we always want to beat teams that have more than us and have you know have have more. You know, you walk around Clemson's campus, they, you know, they won a couple national championships for football, so they got everything they need there. So 
that's important for our team to be able to play him again. So we're looking forward to, to having the second chance. What do you think today hearing Scotty Walden's introductory press conference? He's he's the kind of uh, he's the kind of guy we need here. You know, I mean, when they, when they hired Joe, I, ta- I told uh, Jim and Julie at the time when I and when I met Joe, just when I met him, I hadn't even seen him coach. I felt like they nailed it uh, in, in terms of bringing a grinder here, somebody that really uh, fits well with the city and. You know, I love it. I, I love that there are people with energy that can get people excited in the city of El Paso because once you show excitement and once you show progress and once you show athleticism like these like this team is out here, yeah. people will come and cheer him on. And that's on will be packed. Give him some time, but he's going to get people jacked up about football. Coach, uh, there's still a lot left to write in this season for your volleyball squad. But up to this point, you all have been defined by uh, battling through adversity. Yeah. How uh, proud are you of this squad in particular to battle through adversity? and get to this point i mean we just lost another player maybe for the year uh on on saturday in warm-ups you know what i mean and so it's just one of those things with this team we we had such a deep team to begin with and we were really proud of what the team we assembled but the character of the team is what i'm most proud of because you know you can have a bunch of really good athletes it's kind of i was laughing today when i heard scotty talking about you know character wins championships and yeah. And that, that stuff is what has got this team through. And also our staff. I think our staff has done a really good job. Some years you feel like you nailed it. Some years you feel like you just left a lot out there. And with this group, I feel like our staff, Courtney and Nick and George and Lexi and even everybody, the ancillary staff, Tremaine with our weight program and Kaylee with our training staff, like they've kept everybody in here uh, just locked in. And it's been really a cool season for us. But we're not done. I mean, we got things we want to still accomplish, um, you know, Winning, uh, winning, winning the attendance record here in in, uh, in Memorial wasn't really on the list of things, but it's just kind of the nature of this team, and, yeah. and they keep going out and showing people that they're really worthy of being cheered for, and that's really important. That makes me very proud as a coach, even more than by the wins and losses, that people in this city want to come and pay their money right on. to come and watch us play. Well, listen, as great as it is uh, for the fans to watch you, what about them, this team, and Ooh. what they're going to feel when they see this place basically have the roof blown off in a couple of hours when the crowd is sold out and packed and screaming and yelling for them? Oh, uh, that's why you play college athletics. That's what you do this for. You know, you do this to win championships. You do this to play in front of people that, that want to blow the roof off this place, and this yeah. place gets loud. And so uh, they're going to be stoked. I, I, I remember the look on Kristen Fritchie's face in 2021 when they came out of the locker room against Weber State, and there was like 2,300 in here, which maybe 2,500 in here, okay? And there's going to be 1,000 more than that this year. And I'll never forget the look on her face. It gave me, gave me chills when she came in here and this big smile on her face when they were playing the, the fight song, you know, the yeah. UTEP fight song, and she came out of the locker room with her team leading her team out. And so it's going to feel like that for them tonight. And and they don't need a little extra juice uh, that they already have this time of year to play in the postseason, but it's going to give them a lot, and, and, and they love it. They, they, they eat it up. Last question. After tonight, let's assume things go well, when would the next potential matchup be for you? Potential matchup could be here at home or on the road. It just depends on the way that the teams in the last elite eight, in the, in the, they call it the grade eight, shake out when it comes to, to seeding. Um, Wichita State is has the lowest RPI left in the in the tournament. There's is just a little bit lower than us. I think there's at like 58. Okay. We we finished around in the the low 60s. Um, so we have South um, South Florida and Georgia Southern on our side of the of the bracket. We're the better RPI there. Uh, we have the the um, the lowest RPI, so that that bodes well for us to be able to potentially host a semifinal if we get there. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't really care where we play it or, you know, it'd be amazing if it's here at home, but all I'm trying to do is get us to one another today, man.
Have a great time tonight. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate, Appreciate it, you, and, and thanks for having us here today. Anytime, man. I think you're going to sit in a good spot uh, what, during warm-ups. Make sure you got your head on the swivel because there's going to be some balls flying. Uh, around, I, will keep, I will keep picking, <laughs> uh, making sure I pay attention. Appreciate thanks, you, Steve. Coach. Appreciate you, man. Ben Wallace here as we continue. Let's do Sports Center right now, top of the hour. We've rearranged some breaks. If we need to take one afterwards, we will. Also, pause 10 seconds for station identification from Memorial Gym. You're listening to Sports Talk in 600 ESPN El Paso. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We've got more with Coach Scotty Walden coming up here in our 6 o'clock hour, so make sure to tune in to Sports Talk here on 600 ESPN El Paso. The NVIC matchup between UTEP and Clemson is sold out for volleyball. This one gets started at 7 o'clock out at Memorial Gym. Let's go over to some news today. Let's start off in baseball. A lot of baseball news today, free agency heating up. Let's talk about some recent signings and some players who want baseball. Bigger deals like Bryce Harper, who's expressing his uh, desire to sign an extension with the Phillies, even though his contract spans eight more years and takes him through his age 38 season, his agent Scott Boris said today. Harper's 13-year, $330 million free agent deal was the largest in Major League Baseball history back when he signed it in 2019. The deal came with no opt-out, something that Harper said that he requested in order to prove his loyalty to Philadelphia and help recruit recruit other players, along with a $25 million average annual value that paled in comparison to the $30 million that was secured by Manny Machado in that same offseason. Let's go over to more news today, this out of the Houston Astros. How about this one? The Astros and catcher Victor Caratini uh, agreed to a two-year uh, $12 million deal today. Caratini can reportedly earn performances bonuses. He's 30 years old. He spent the last two seasons with the Brewers and hit 259 with seven home and 25 RBIs in 62 games this year as a backup to William Contreras. Let's go over to another story today. Uh, after the Yankees acquired Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox, they are now targeting a San Diego Padres star Juan Soto. That's look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Bradis. From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Bradis. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back live right now from Memorial Gym. Our thanks to uh, UTEP volleyball coach Ben Wallace joining us a moment ago. He's got a good look tonight right now. He's in like a, uh, looks like a, uh, a cardigan sweater with a UTEP uh, tie on and a nice uh, shirt. He's got always one of the best dressed coaches in, uh, in college volleyball. That's I, lo- for sure. I love the blazer, Steve. It always yeah. looks good. It compliments it nice. I think he'll probably be rocking the Blazer tonight. Team is warming up. We are just uh, about two hours away, a little less, from UTEP and uh, Clemson coming up here out at Memorial Gym. From what uh, Ben already told me, he said, please uh, keep an eye on balls. you got to make sure that, uh, you know, there could be some coming at you, flying at you. So, yes, want to uh, avoid that as well. Hey, great to have you with us, folks. Uh, we've got uh, a lot more in store for you. 600 ESPN El Paso is our... Uh, Handle on Twitter, X. Love to hear from you on that. In fact, I'm looking at some of the messages coming in right now regarding Scotty Walden. We're going to take you back to the press conference introduction from earlier. He's going to join us live at 640. Excited about that. Here's what Pooh Bear said. Pooh Bear said, Kugler recruited local kids heavily and it didn't work. Hopefully Coach Walden's approach, style, and system will work with the local kids he recruits and get winning results. 
Hashtag minor talk. Yeah, I don't think when Scotty mentioned trying to recruit local kids, he meant putting a third of his roster for local kids. I think he means that he just wants to make sure they're not going to miss on some of the best local talent in El Paso. And that's been the reality as of late. Uh, The uh, previous coaching staff under Dana Dimmel did not hit on some of the bigger prospects and recruits who've left El Paso now have had success at their respective universities. But I'll, I'll emphasize this. You know, Dana Dimmel, when he first got here, he did heavily recruit uh, UTEP and, uh, excuse me, El Pasoans and high school football players here in the local community. But uh, as their uh, position started to get filled and as they didn't need as much depth in certain areas and certain positions, they did not emphasize uh, recruiting certain guys. But like we, we've said in, uh, in the previous hour, Jeremiah Cooper coming off a big performance and uh, – Big 12 finish with Iowa State after graduating from Andrus High School. And then KDTO's own LJ Martin is the starting running back out of BYU. Sedarius Barfield from El Dorado just wrapped up his career at San Diego State as their starting safety. Uh, so, you know, you talk about some great talent who've left the 915. Scotty Walden's uh, goal is to try to keep them here. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And hopefully that'll be what uh, what ends up happening. Hey, uh, 11 past the hour as we continue. Let's take it back, folks. Uh, We listened to Fernie a little while and gave you some comments. Here is more of uh, the press conference from a few hours ago when Scotty Walden was introduced as UTEP's uh, 27th head football coach. Uh, We got an official visit set up this weekend, and we're wasting zero time in building this program. And I'm so thankful for your support. Uh, We've got a brand-new locker room. Coming, we've got brand new facilities coming. Which, yes, I am going to be asking you for some money coming up sooner. I'm just going to let you know. Don't I'm coming out to get you. All right, we are we are coming out. All right, because we need your support. We need your support in that Sun Bowl. We need your support for these young men. And I promise you, you're going to get a football team that is going to play harder than any team in the country. That is going to outwork every team in the country, and that is going to give you something to cheer about in that Sun Bowl. So buy your season tickets now, okay? Because when you come to that Sun Bowl this fall, all right, you make sure that you've already got your tickets. You make sure, by the way, you stop by that concession stand and you get all your food because when you sit down in that, in that chair, you're going to see a brand of football that you're not going to want to get up and use the bathroom because you're going to miss something. It's going to be the most exhilarating, exciting, thrilling product that's going to be on the field, and we're going to fight for it every single day, and we're going to do it with integrity, and we're going to do it with class. It is an honor, guys. It is an honor to be your head football coach Thank you from the bottom of my heart for welcoming my family here to El Paso, Texas. God bless you guys, and let's go Miners. So there is the way uh, things wrapped up today from the press conference. And uh, I do like the, uh, it's, I like the idea of, hey, don't, don't leave your seat once the game starts because you might miss something. It's like, it's like going to a soccer match. Same thing. You get there, and all of a sudden you, you, know, you blink your eyes, and it's, and it's gone, just like that. Yeah, especially if you like offense, uh, you don't want to be in the concessions or, gra- or grabbing some food while UTEP football is on offense under Scotty Walden. That's what he's saying right there, that he plays that high pace, high-intensity style of football that fans are really going to enjoy. 
I wouldn't be surprised if uh, his uh, defensive coordinator, J.J. Clark, comes over with him to run the defense for the Miners, would you? No, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I actually, um, I wouldn't be surprised based on his responses today, hinting that he wants to bring his staff from Austin P. But I am a little surprised that he wouldn't tap into his other, uh, you know, coaching ties from Southern Miss or even at uh, East Texas Baptist. I'm just a little surprised about that. Well, uh, yeah. I'll tell you this, though. He has confidence in his coaching staff and if he feels comfortable with those guys then he's going to bring them over if they don't have success maybe he holds them accountable and replaces them uh you know if if need be that's true that is very very true you know i i, I don't have the record to this and i don't know but what did you how many of bob Stoll's assistants um worked for him at umass before they all went and uh, to, went to utep yeah, I would love to know that, too, because it did seem like Bob Stoll, the last young coach who actually had success at UTEP, um, it yep. would be interesting to see if he actually brought that entire staff from UMass, knowing that that's kind of the same uh, thing that uh, Scotty Walden's doing here with his guys from Austin P. Well, let me say this. Um, Dirk Cutter, his offensive coordinator, was the offensive coordinator at San Francisco State prior to coming to UTEP. So he was not on that staff, but he was at San Francisco State. How Bob found him, I have no idea, but he did. Meanwhile, um, Andy Reid, another successful uh, product of the Bob Stoll tree, who was his offensive line coach, was the offensive line coach at San Francisco State and Northern Arizona prior to coming to UTEP. So Dirk must have said uh, probably a couple of really good things about Andy Reid, and that's one of the reasons why Bob brought him over. Because think about that. Two San Francisco State coaches, Andy Reid and Dirk Cutter, both formed the nucleus of that offense at UTEP for Bob Stoll. And what you could see there is, yeah, Bob's still tapping into the resources, the names, and the, I guess, player, or excuse me, just different people that he had around him and different sources that he had a chance to meet with who probably recommended Andy Reid, Dirk Cutter at the time. Uh, no doubt. No doubt about it. And, um, you know, it just goes to show you Kenny Flagel, who is also with Andy Reid right now, um, prior to being the defensive backs coach uh, for Bob, he was the defensive coordinator at Montana. So I find it interesting that when Bob went from UMass to UTEP, some of the names that really turned into terrific coaches were not on that UMass staff. Rather, Bob found them from other spots to bring them over with him to El Paso and UTEP. Yeah, it just shows you also how different coaches have different philosophies with this kind of stuff. I think for mm -hmm. what we've seen so far, uh, Scotty Walden, he's loyal to his guys. Uh, there have been other coaches who've done that as well, have been very loyal to their previous staff, and that's maybe what you're seeing right here. Well, and let's be honest about one other thing. When you're successful, like he was, he obviously feels like his staff, they know each other well. It's hard sometimes to suddenly break in new staff that maybe you're not as familiar with. You want to go with what you know works, and it worked for him at Austin P. 
Yeah, and, and for those who might be like uh, have reservations about somebody from the FCS level as a positions coach making a jump to the FBS level, uh, I'd just, you know, you could reflect back on Abilene Christian, Joe Golding. He brought uh, primarily most of his staff from Abilene Christian, yet he hired yep. uh, Jeremy Cox from uh, Stephen F. Austin at the time because he had those ties. So maybe you still see Scotty Walden hire from the outside for some of his key positions. Before we take the break and come back with uh, Jeff Erickson talking some fantasy sports with us, let's go to Cruz. He's up next on the show, 505-6009. We're live at Memorial Gym. Hey, Cruz, how are you? I'm doing okay, bud. Hey, uh, well, we did, I, I, missed, uh, I, I missed the program at 2 o'clock with, with this coach, man. I'm still trying to kick myself in the rear end for that. But, hey, th- this is what, one of the things I was saying. He, what he was saying, that they're going to uh, be attacking quickly, you know, I think they were coaching our quarterback to look out for this, look out for that. He needs to look at his receivers. He needs to react quickly. Uh, you know, when they, our receivers are on their break and the tight end, that's when defenses are still reading the defense. They're deciphering it. They might change their mind. And at that time is when you attack, when you throw the ball. It's uh, coordination. They need to get together and play and get all this done. And this is what this coach is talking about. Attack quickly. Don't let them get ready. Cruz, they're going to run a play every 12 seconds on offense. Think about that for a minute. Think about 12-second offense. Yeah. And you got to have a football team that's in shape, and you'll wear them out yep. in the fourth quarter. Yep. Of course, we're going to need some backups because at the, later on in the season, uh, you'll have a uh, – <laughs> Injuries. They'll be tired. Sure. Their legs sure. will be tired. Yeah. But we, we're going to yep. need some uh, good second stringers, you know, uh, but uh, he's, that's one of the things I was trying to point out, you know, that they were coaching our quarterback to look out for too many things on the defense and not enough on the offense. they got to react quick. You know, like I was saying, Bob, Bob, well, the defense is you'll still You'll see reading. a lot. Uh, you'll, see a, uh, you'll see pretty much a 180-degree difference in terms of what you watch offense-wise when, uh, when they uh, take the field. So appreciate the call, Cruz. We'll come back. We'll spend a little time with uh, our pal Jeff Erickson and get right back to more of your calls and comments. Stay with us. Sports Talk Live, Memorial Gym, getting ready for UTEP Volleyball here as we send it off to Charlie One for traffic. 25 past the hour as Sports Talk continues. UTEP still uh, out here on the court preparing for their big match against uh, Clemson about an hour and a half from now in the NIVC out here at Memorial Gym. We're live with you till 7 o'clock. I'm going to say hello to Jeff Erickson right now from our team at rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. Jeff, good to have you back, and uh, let's get right to it. Baseball, winter meetings. We are hearing that uh, the Juan Soto to the Yankees trade could be finalized here by the end of the day. And if John Morrissey's report is true, it would be Soto and Trent Grisham to the Yankees from Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, and Kyle Higashioka. I, I feel like that is more than anything a highway robbery if you're the Yankees. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and any sort of trade is going to be underwhelming. Here's the thing. I mean, it's it's a one-year rental. Um, he's clearly Soto's clearly going to go to market as a free agent next year. He's a Scott Boris client. Um, so you got to keep that in mind. You're getting, you're trading one year of Juan Soto. It's not you're trading Juan Soto for life. Uh, so you have to keep that in mind. Uh, two, the, the Padres have severe financial issues. Their TV contract, as you know, got uh, it was part of the Diamond Sports Bally's fallout. 
Uh, and so they, they're, they're set to lose a lot of money. They were also way over the luxury tax, and they've lost like six real pitchers, one of which is already signed, Nick Martinez, with the Reds. Others are going to be going elsewhere. Right now, they have two returning starting pitchers and two key relievers gone. Josh Hader is going to be gone. So they're, they're, they don't have as much leverage as you quite think. Uh, and that's part of it there. Uh, a lot of people are high on Michael King. I think that would be like the, you know, be, uh, a big part of that deal there if they were able to get that. You know, Johnny Brito, you know, he struggled a little bit. It was also his first year in the majors, so we'll see. Uh, maybe with more time, a better ballpark, maybe that would, that would work out better for them. But, you know, the, 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 under, the, the underlying issue here is that the Padres are in a bad spot, and, of course, their principal owner passed away too, the one that was okaying all the spending. Good point. All good points. And if you're the Yankees, you thrive for at least one season, maybe longer if they can lock him up after this year. Meanwhile, they just traded for uh, Alex Verdugo yesterday and a rare trade with the Boston Red Sox. So he'll have an opportunity to patrol the outfield for the Yanks. So, um, you know, you add Aaron Judge, Soto and Verdugo and things get a little interesting out there in the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they desperately needed to improve their offense. Uh, the left-handed hitting is the way to go in Yankee Stadium if you have all things being equal, uh, especially when your best hitter is right-handed. Uh, so they and they and it kind of had to go the trade route here. Um, honestly, yeah, I would have expected like a bigger name prospect considering what the Padres gave away to get Soto, but it was also a year and a half ago too. Uh, and I think that you know so. And, you're, instead of one season, you're getting two and a half seasons of Soto and an exclusive no- negotiating window, which obviously they weren't going to get a whole lot out of there. But um, there, there's a little bit more compensation involved there. Exactly right. We also heard today that Craig Kimball signs. Uh, Kimball signs with Baltimore for a year, gives them a closer, a veteran closer, which they can uh, use for the upcoming season. I, I like the move, especially after the kind of season Kimball had last year in Philly. I don't love Kimbrel. Um, you know, two years now running, he's lost a job at times. He, you know, he got hit hard in the playoffs. Think about him when he's on; he's unhittable. But he, he also is off a lot. Um, yeah. it's a, it is a one-year fill-in. Uh, obviously, the the O's, you know, they unfortunately lost their closer, and he'll be out all season long. And Yenier Cano is found wanting, maybe if not wanting, definitely. Someone who was starting to fall off at the end of the season there was you know, kind of getting exposed a little bit, and they didn't trust him being their their closer. Um, I still don't know if I trust Kimbrel, uh, but he is pitching now in a better park for pitchers in terms of home run at least. Give me thoughts on uh, Jared Kelenic uh, going uh, to the Braves and what that means for their outfield. I wouldn't be surprised if he is not there by the time. You know, if if not when the season starts, then some other time shortly thereafter. I think a lot of people are dreaming on him in a better ballpark and the Braves being able to do things with him, and that's possible. But, I mean, this is a guy that's already had to reinvent himself a couple of times and has come up short. So I, I'm i a little skeptical that it's going to work out here. All right. Uh, more baseball news I'm sure will be breaking from the winter meetings. Looking forward to it. Also, I'm already getting questions coming in for you from Neff Poppy. We'll get back to football fantasy talk in just a moment. But before we do anything with Jeff, let's go right over to Adrian. He is standing by in our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks property schoolyard sports studios with this Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. We're back with Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com. By the way, I love that story for Texas OU. Jeff, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch that uh, rivalry in person at the Cotton Bowl, but it's one of those bucket list trips, especially uh, if you love college football. 
Yeah, I'm very happy to hear about it. I haven't been able to do it in person, but, yeah, I mean, these are the sort of things that need to be preserved. We lose a lot when these things go away. And, like, I, I, we saw, like, Oregon and, uh, I should say, Washington, Washington State, the Apple Cup has been preserved, uh, despite, uh, you know, Washington State getting left behind in the, uh, the, the transfer fallout there. Um, think, you know, I, I, I'm very happy to see that. So, because uh, some, like, Nebraska, Oklahoma used to be a huge thing. That's no longer a thing. Did the college football playoff get it right, in your opinion, with the Final Four? No, I don't think so, but I think they were left with an impossible choice, too. Um, I, I, I think they change the rationale every year. Um, they're trying to project what's the better matchup. They didn't try to do that last year at TCU. Um, they did it on merit, on what, the, what was earned on the field. And I think you go undefeated in a Power 5 conference like the ACC, that, you know, I, I think you, you merit being in there despite the quarterback uh, fallout there. Um, it's either earned on the field or it's not, and they, they, the goalposts keep on changing. Fortunately, this is the last year of just four teams. You know, usually it's not that hard of a decision. I think any of seven teams could have had a case for it this year. I, I think you could expand the discussion to Georgia, Florida State, and even Ohio State. All the computers, by the way, love Ohio State, and no one's talking about them, even though they've lost one game, and that happened to be to the number one team, Michigan. So um, I, I don't know. It's just I think it sometimes it's a question of when you lose, and in this case, it's not even a loss for Florida State. Hey, by the way, didn't Northwestern get to a bowl game this year? Yes, we did. In, in fact, with one game that's to like spare. coach of the year. That that's coach of the year material, considering what that program was going through well, when they were playing fact, UTEP. He did, he did win uh, at least a regional coach of the year award. So uh, we're, we loved uh, Braun. He did a heck of a job in a nearly impossible circumstance. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, the way the team improved over the course of the season, the way they play hard, we're playing in Vegas uh, in the, I think it's just the Las Vegas Bowl against Utah. We actually played four years ago in the Holiday Bowl. Very nice. Well, good for you. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Me, uh, yeah, meanwhile. Through. I might even go. We'll see. I, good. Good chance to go to Vegas. That'd be fun. So. A um, place you know very well. Um, meanwhile, Arizona and Washington are the only two teams with buys this week. This is a good week to play fantasy football, isn't it? Yeah, finally. I mean, after last, well, and it was weird. Two weeks ago we had no buys. Then we had six last yeah. week. Week 14 is really late in the season to have a bye week. And, in fact, some leagues actually start their playoffs this week. Most of them start week 15, if not week 16, but... Uh, it's so late in the season, and, and from real life, not from a fantasy standpoint, you know, just what a disadvantage to have a buy so late, I think, for Arizona and Washington. Um, now, fortunately, that does nothing to impact the playoff race, but still, it's, it's pretty rough. Let me throw some questions your way. Uh, this one was sent to us by Neff Poppy. He says, best for remaining wide receiver slot from Flowers, Rice, and Cooks. By the way, my opponent has Lamar. Best two for quarterback and super flex from Mayfield, Dobbs, okay, Carr, and Browning. Uh, sorry, let me do one question at a time. Otherwise, I'm going to forget all the principles involved. Uh, so, Flowers, Rice, and, sorry. Cooks. Is, uh, you know, when, when you get older, Steve, you get a pea-sized uh, memory there, pea-sized brain. Um, uh, it's, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with. Uh, I, my lean is to go uh, with Flowers for sure. 
I think I really like that matchup against the Rams. And I'm going to think I'm going to go Rasheed Rice over Cooks. Yeah, I've got a two-pick difference between the two. So I'm going to go Rasheed Rice over Cooks. Okay, but it's close, you're telling me. It's close. Yes. So Okay, next. And then the Super Bowl um, question. Let's just... Yeah, so it's uh, it's best two for quarterback and super flex. You've got Mayfield, Dobbs, Carr, and Browning. Uh, Carr probably is not going to play, so let's cancel him. And even if he does play, I don't think you want that. Uh, I'm going to go Dobbs and Mayfield. I, I think Dobbs' scrambling ability against that Raiders defense should work out pretty well. Um, and then... In Mayfield versus Browning, it's like back-to-back. I, I keep vacillating. In fact, I initially had Browning over Mayfield. Um, but you know, the short rest for the Bengals, I think that might work against them, even though they are home. Uh, Colts get a key defensive player back from a steroid suspension. So um, I think I'll go Mayfield over Browning, but it, it's really a coin flip for that second spot. Jeff, if you're playing anybody uh, from the Patriots side of things tomorrow, then you are pretty desperate. But no Ramondre Stevenson. Looks like Zeke will get the bulk of the carries from the Patriots. You put any stock in picking him up if you need somebody for, from the waiver wire? Yeah, I mean, if you had Stevenson or if you you know have other injuries, you may be left to do that there. He, at least he's going to play. We know that. Um, and. The Pats, that's the one thing they have been able to do a little bit here and there is to run the ball. Uh, but, Adrian, this uh, total is at 30. Vegas thinks it's going to be like no scoring whatsoever. This is an Iowa game, and you know, the Steelers' uniforms often resemble the – or Iowa's uh, uniforms often re- resemble the Steelers' home uni. So, uh, but it, it's – and I think the weather is going to be bad. I think it's going to be a pretty rough game all around. Uh, I, I think Elliott is probably the only Pat I'd consider starting – Unless I'm I'm in one league where we start two tight ends, maybe if I squint, I could see justify starting Hunter Henry. Hey, I'll stick with that same game for my second question. Or uh, on the flip side with the Steelers, you look at the Patriots; they don't do a lot of things well, but they do stop the run uh, better than other teams out there. No Kenny Pickett; it's Mitch Trubisky out there. Do you side with that run game for the Steelers? If you have either Najee Harris or Jalen Warren, what what do you do there from a running perspective on the Pittsburgh side of things? So I might go with Warren this week because Harris is banged up; he's got the bad knee. Um, we'll see. I mean, what it's, it's going to come down to a game time decision for Najee Harris and bad weather. Uh, so I, I, I would probably try to avoid using him if possible. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the rankings for your value meter. You've got Jordan Love this week, 13th against the Giants. Um, Love is really an interesting quarterback to evaluate because he's had some really bad weeks. And like last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, he's had some really good weeks. Mm-hmm. He has indeed, and in fact, I almost feel like my ranking is a little too low on him. Uh, and when I do my update tomorrow, I might contemplate moving him a little higher. The question is, like, who do I move, move below? I think that's a trick part. I, I think I, I'll probably move him ahead of Minshew and maybe Goff, uh, especially uh, weather being a concern. Uh, you know, and the, but the thing is, the weather is going to be a concern in Love's game, too. I mean, the whole East Coast is supposed to be wet and cold and rainy, I, th- I mean, and, and windy, I think, so... I think it could be a problem for all these players involved. Um, you know, Stroud's got a terrible matchup in possibly bad weather. You know, it, trying to handicap this week is going to be challenging. You know, maybe uh, by Monday it'll be a little bit better and you hold, hold out a little bit of hope. But the Giants are also coming off a bye, and they've played hard defensively lately. Is Jake Browning somebody that you feel can take the Bengals into the playoffs? Oh, I wish, but 
you know, and I, I was yes, you know, Monday night's game was thrilling. I enjoy thoroughly enjoyed that, but I think is that, that it was it was a fun one night. I think he's gonna you're gonna get more tape on him though, and things will probably get a little trickier there. So. I doubt it, especially in the AFC, where you're going to need to get minimum 10 wins, maybe even 11 to get into the playoffs this year. One of your favorite matchups this week is Alvin Kamara against Carolina. Oh, yeah. Um, love the usage, and I don't think that changes with Jameis in there. Um, you know, With Carr, you definitely get all the checkdowns, but you still get a decent amount with, uh, with Jameis, I think, if that's the case. Uh, it's just, you know, there's very few three-down backs in the NFL right now. Kamara happens to be one of them. Uh, he's, he gets tons of targets, and so in PPR leagues, I love him. Is there anything more frustrating than what you've seen this year from the Chargers in terms of their fantasy stars like Austin Eckler and uh, Justin Herbert and company? Uh, it's high on the list for sure. The Chargering is always prodigious, and, you know, it's always one of those things where, like, oh, yeah, there they go again. They found a way to disappoint one way or another. Uh, they have like a historically, you know, high fail rate for almost all of their running plays right now. It's really tough to watch. I mean, you you want to root for a guy like Eckler. I mean, uh, and right now it's tough, and it's some of it's him, but a lot of it's also the offensive line. The interior run blocking is just awful on this team. It doesn't matter who's running the ball; they've been struggling. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and meanwhile, Justin Jefferson going to be back this week, and that'll be uh, news uh, for a lot of fantasy owners that have been stashing him for a couple of months, waiting for this to happen. Absolutely, uh, I, up, I up, upgraded him today. Uh, you know, into my top ten. He's not in the top like top top yet because I need to see what he looks like. You know, what sort of what if any restrictions he's going to have. But you know, hey, uh, it, it's encouraging to see what's happened so far. The practice reports. You know, before, I, I think I wasn't quite sure if he was going to play, if it was one of those where they just, in name, activated him from the from IR because they had to because of timing. But it really does look like he's going to play. And if he's going to play, then he then you got to count on him being fully healed finally. Esteban gets into the show. Steve, you asked Jeff how he felt about the college football playoff slate, then failed to retort. There's a reason why, Esteban. I realized that had I gotten into the uh, argument with Jeff, we never would have been able to cover NFL talk at all. We would have just, we would have just ended. The, it would have been a ten-minute discussion on the uh, college football playoffs. And Jeff, in Do case you, you don't know, right? well, in case you don't know, Jeff, the night before I posted the four teams in the order they were picked as the four teams I would go with. So I okay. watched Florida State. I was begging not to see them because I knew it would not be a good matchup against Michigan. And although they probably do deserve it for going undefeated, I'm happy that at least we're getting what should be two very competitive semifinal matchups. Yeah, and I see your argument. And I see why. I mean, from a, like, watchability standpoint, that makes complete sense. I just think that the college – I think, you know, the way college football is organized at the regular season means everything – it's got to mean everything here. Uh, and I think, you know, it's just the committee isn't consistent uh, with how they adjudicate. And, uh, you know, I don't think they ever have been, actually, to be honest there. So, uh, you know, and, and it was the impossible year, too. I, I think that this is the one time where you could, you could make a legit case for seven teams, including the four that got in. Let's talk about the website, rotowire.com, what you have uh, for everybody that uh, is a fantasy player, whether they're a daily player or they're in football leagues, baseball leagues, or any fantasy sport. Thanks, Steve. Uh, one thing we want to pump up, we've been talking about a little, I think, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, but if you play in any sort of like prize picks or underdog type of games, 
uh, we have a new tool. Uh, just go to rotowire.com slash picks, and it can help you do well uh, in, in those contests. Um, and it's been something we've, we're really proud of. We, our, our, our tech guys put a lot of time into it. We're really happy with the end product. So, you know, you, you do more or less on a price picks projection. We got you covered there. Of course, the rest of the site you can check out, you know, season-long DFS, sports betting, you name it. Rotowire.com slash free gets you a free peek behind the paywall. No credit cards required. Uh, and if you don't like it, it'll just go away. But if you do like it, hopefully you'll want to subscribe. I like the uh, site takeover from uh, Circus Sports and the Big Game Bash, the way they've uh, just taken over Rotowire today. You know, we love Circa. They've been, they've been good to us over the years. We've had, we've had our annual summer meeting there in the last couple of years, plus they've been regular advertisers and even guests on our, our show. Uh, so, you know, we like them. It's, uh, if you're, you know, they cater to the sports fan. They're, they're, they're really their property. If you haven't been there, it's amazing. The, the sports book there, the screens there. The pool is all a sports book, too, and it's just incredible to see. Good stuff. Jeff, as always, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again right back here next Wednesday. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Adrian. Jeff Erickson joining us here as we continue on Sports Talk. 15 in front of 6 o'clock. Hey, uh, Clemson warming up right now, getting ready for their matchup with the Miners. This place is going to start to fill up in a hurry. Fans already making their way out to Memorial Gym. It's a sellout, folks. Over 3,400 fans are going to be watching this one. It's going to be happening, and uh, we'll be here all the way up till uh, the opening uh, opening serve right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Seven in front of six o'clock right now. We're live out here hanging with you, Memorial Gym. Getting ready for UTEP and Clemson a little more than an hour from now. Brand new head football coach Scotty Walden is going to join us in our 6 o'clock hour. Looking forward to that conversation. In fact, Scotty meeting with the donors right now in an event that started about 25 minutes ago. Then he'll be on by here. He'll be introduced to the volleyball match in front of over 3,000 fans. What a way to get an introduction to Memorial Gym. Isn't that unbelievable? You know what? Uh, I think he could actually help amp uh, amp everybody up even more, Steve. That's just kind of the person he is, right? Yep. Yep. That is true. That is true. Um, although, how are you going to amp up a, a, a crowd at a volleyball match that always screams and yells anyway? They're always amped here, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, he's just going to help take it to another level a little bit. Maybe. That's, maybe. That would be wild. That would be wild. All right. Two hours down, one to go. Folks. Stick around with us. We'll take you right up till 7 o'clock. And uh, then it's off to ESPN Radio while uh, we're hanging out here at Memorial Gym. It's Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. What do you want? Like, I mean, okay, obviously you want wins. I get that. But um, tell me, what else are you looking for? The wins will come, and that seems like that's everybody's main goal. What else do you want from Scotty Walden as UTEP football coach? Well, you know, he said a lot of stuff about, you know, going out into the community. And I, I think tonight, the fact that they sold out volleyball is a sign that, hey, if you got a winner, we're going to go. We're, the, the fans are going to go to the stadium and watch a, a winning product. Yep. So uh, the, the fact that he's going to get out in the community and, and one of the things, you know, we've, we've all been talking about the NIL stuff and the, and, and the donors, and he said, hey, donors, I'm going to be coming to you, and, and that's, that's what we need. It's going to, unfortunately, it takes money, you know, and, and I love it. Somebody with enthusiasm, if I'm a donor and a guy like that approaches me, 
I, I mean, here, here's my wallet. You know what I mean? Like the guy just, he's got a great, uh, a great persona, you know? Yeah. It's almost like you're ready to write your first check and really help put this, uh, try to get this program over the top, right? That and I wanted to donate. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. to again, you know? It, uh, it's, it's really, it, it puts you in the right, um, the right frame of mind for a winning program, you know? I hear you. Milkman, appreciate you, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks for getting in. And uh, uh, I liked your takeaways uh, from the press conference earlier today. Next up, it's Stan, who joins us here on Sports Talk. How you doing, Stan? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Doing fine. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, um, I have an idea for the NIL. Uh, why don't we get 50 people to donate $20,000 each? And that way we don't have to ask our same boosters for millions and millions, you do that, you got a million dollars to start that collective right there. And 20000 is not a huge reach for a lot of people in this town. It's fair, it's true, and it's accurate. I almost feel like fans have been wanting, there's some people that just want to give, but they want to give to the right situation and the right person running the show. And maybe this is exactly what it'll take to get people to do just that. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think that UTEP has really uh, touched base with a lot of the lot of the donors and stuff on, on the east side of town. I, I feel like that's been kind of a forgotten area. Well, you think about the businesses in this community, and you feel like people that own uh, companies, corporations, you know, um, all these uh, people that own, let's say, uh, they're, they're home builders, and they own they own all these local companies that build homes around El Paso. Tap into them, and tap into all the others that are part of the Better Business Bureau and these other companies. And you're right, you know, you might not have to go after all fans and and retired lifelong minor fans. There might be plenty of youngsters and young people that want to just chip in and give. Yeah, it's, you know, I remember the days you know, when Mike Price got here. All that energy was was here. And um, we did we did okay with it, but we we weren't able to sustain it for long periods of time. And yeah. um, I, I'm I'm hoping Coach Walden can come in here and get that state thing started again because there was nothing like the Sun Bowl back in 2004, 2005. That place was unbelievably difficult to play in, super loud, fun to be at. It's good points. Appreciate you, Stan. Thanks for the call. Thanks for getting in. Adrian, let's talk about it. 50 people, 20K each, getting that collective off the ground and, and hitting that 1 million mark for UTEP. You know, I loved his point on the east side of town. I think that Coach Walden talked about uh, wanting to get out in the community. He said how he wants to visit every area high school as well and make a connection. He wants high schoolers, uh, football players, and just people in the community to be at UTEP games over the weekend. And I think all of that is really important, and it could tap into things like the NIL. Love the number, and I think that's a great uh, point to make as well, knowing that, hey, UTEP's tapped into these donors left and right, and uh, if they continue to do that, they're not they're, they're actually doing themselves a disservice because if they tap into the east side of town, the far east side of town, the new northeast part of town, then you could tap into a lot of potential for donors. I'll tell you this much. I know some people think that 20 grand's a lot, 
But when you're dealing with 50 people in El Paso uh, and in all sorts of uh, shapes and sizes, you almost feel that a city of uh, eight or 900,000, they've got them. They just, it has to be the right ask, and it has to be the right situation. Correct. And I also feel like with this, you also have to figure out what kind of, what priority is there for, for the NIL, if that's the case. Do you want yep. this to go to players directly? Does this go to a pool that uh, just gets, you know, I guess filled year over year and you start to grow that collective into something bigger? We're 44 minutes away from uh, the national anthem, and then it's uh, UTEP and Clemson in the NIVC uh, Grade 8. That's right, quarterfinal action out here at Sold Out Memorial Gym. It's been our home all show long, and believe it or not, Adrian, I might have done one or two shows here in the past. I can't recall for sure because I might have done a show during the CUSA basketball tournaments years ago here, but if not, this could be our first actual full three-hour broadcast from Memorial Gym after the last uh, 33 Man. years of Sports Talk being on the air. That's uh, Well, we got to be back next year. It's got to be an annual thing now, and we just have to hold Ben Wallace accountable to get his team into the postseason so we can make it happen. There you go. I like that a lot. We'll do, uh, we'll do more phone calls and comments coming up right after Charlie won. He's back with his traffic update, 18 passed here on Sports Talk. 505-6009, that is our telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, X. Enrique Ortiz, at El Churo Guapo 85, has this. I love that press conference from our new football coach. Reminded me of a promo from WWE Scotty Tuhati. Can't wait for 2024 buying my tickets now. How about a Scotty Tuhati old WWE? Back then it was the WWF reference. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I love that right there, and that's exactly warranted for this coach. Scotty Tuhati was uh, was uh, involved in some memorable matches, especially with Rikishi, and then they were teammates back in the days. They were they were tag team partners, so it's a good one. I haven't heard a Scotty Tuhati reference in a while. Thank you, Enrique, for that. Hey, under 40 minutes to go before uh, the National Anthem out here tonight. 38 uh, minutes flat out at Memorial Gym. And the crowd, as we said, sold out. Sold out when we went on the air. And uh, the largest crowd in the history of UTEP volleyball tonight will watch the Miners and Clemson do battle. Let's go to the phones. 505-6009. Here's Gator Richard joining us on the lines. What's going Go on, Gators. Gators? Go Gators. Hey, congratulations to this new uh, Walden coach. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does and looking forward to seeing if, uh, hey, he be- maybe you become a fan of his. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting also to watch. Well, what are the things that you can ask him when he comes on your show? You can ask him if he realizes that per capita – El Paso, El Paso County, what have you. They had the most veterans in the United States. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Are you serious? You didn't know that, right? Per capita, El Paso has the most veterans in the United States. That I did not know. That was put out at the Veterans Day thing out here uh, that I went to uh, at the high school on the 10th, not the 11th, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it, th- this is a unique community. Like I was trying to impart, 
last week when I called, you know, about embracing the culture. Part of that yes. culture is veterans, man. I mean, you're looking for support. There it is right there. You, you have Fort Bliss, probably per square mile-wise, the biggest military installation in the free world, okay? And, you know, can't do enough to help the guys, uh, you know, entertainment for the family, for the soldiers. You know, I, I know the guy gets a taste of the gate, you know, if he's got a contract uh, similar to what Mike Price had, you know, the more, the more people you put in the seats, the more money you're going to make. You know, those low-margin tickets going to, uh, you know, the military families, I think that'd be well worth it. Those guys right here, you know. You know, I started looking, Richard, and I think it's like almost 50,000 veterans in El Paso. Yeah. That's well, a staggering pulling, number. You I was pulling your leg or what? No, I just, I'd never heard that before. Adrian, did you know that per capita? No, it's a great, uh, Gator Richards, uh, he's, he's throwing, shedding some knowledge on us today yes. on the show. Richard, yeah. you, you came want, you bringing want, some fire. Well, you, you want some more? I'll give you some yeah. more. Let's okay. hear some more. It, okay, you, you remember Hairball a couple of weeks ago? I want my day in court. And then the oh, NCA yeah. yeah. stepped yeah. up and said, you don't want to go to court. Because we got info on your defensive guy. Oh, yeah, he's guilty as hell. And he tried to delete evidence, you know, emails, what have you. And they fired him that same day. What happened to his day in court? You, you never heard about that, right? Was he a no-show? No. We so, haven't. So, look, look, Michigan, the school itself, put hairball on suspension for recruiting violations. In-house, Right. Then Big Ten stepped up and said, hey, you got caught, pal, videotaping, you know, people on your schedule, stealing signals. You get three games. And then they, what, they tried to do uh, some kind of lawsuit against the Big Ten, protect the border, whatever they're calling it. Total BS, okay? Now, listen, Richard, you were doing great. I love the veteran talk. But now you're going deeper down the Harbaugh, Michigan kind of rabbit hole. Save that for lunch the next time we get together because we've got to get a break in because we've got uh, new UTEP head football coach Scotty Walton joining us coming up after the break. So appreciate the call as we, can, as we continue. First volleyball that went right at me today, and I was ready for it, Adrian. Nice. Ready for it. I heard that fact, live on the radio. That's good. In fact, I should have caught it, but I got one of my hands tied up around my microphone cable, so I had to just bat it away with my left hand. Otherwise, that would have been that would have caught that one. Not a problem. Saw that all the way. All right. We'll come back. Stay with us, folks. Scotty Walden will be with us, and we'll take you up till the end of the show. That's next. 600 ESPN El Paso. Before the national anthems, and then we get set for UTEP and Clemson in the grade eight of the NIVC out here at Sold Out Memorial Gym. What an electric atmosphere it is. And uh, from what we hear Scotty Walden is uh, making his way over from the Haskins Center to Memorial. And as soon as he arrives, we will put him right on and spend uh, the remaining portion of our show with him. And excited about that, Adrian, because obviously between the two of us, we each asked one question during the press conference. But uh, we have uh, a few others that we would like to uh, bring up 
during the course of uh, our first uh, one-on-one. And uh, I've already, uh, you know, looking forward to the time when he can spend uh, a good hour plus with us and really dive in more to that. Hey, I, another takeaway from this uh, earlier today, Steve, what about Jim Center, the UTEP athletic director, saying that he wanted somebody who's kind of like a CEO type yep. because of all the responsibilities a coach has nowadays. So a lot of this will be coach-led. Uh, I'm talking about the offensive coordinator. I'm talking about the defensive coordinators and stuff like that and all the coaches that come with it. That is a really interesting part of all of, of this with uh, Scotty Walden. Well, we'll dig deep, and we'll ask him when he joins us if he's going to have a CEO type role. I mean, that's a, it's an, I mean, isn't it weird to think about a thirty-four-year-old CEO? Yeah, it is. But that that sounds like a guy. No, you know what? It doesn't. So I, I like uh, I like the younger. I like the younger hire. I like the younger mantra. And this just says that UTEP is willing to be progressive in their hire and trust somebody who's a little younger than others. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm just interested to know if Scotty's going to call the plays or if his OC is going to handle it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, hey, my, minor fans will definitely not want to hear, uh, you know, somebody who's stubborn as far as a play caller. They're going to want somebody who's very flexible uh, being a play caller moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. So, anyway, yeah, apparently um, El Paso, Texas is the veterans capital of the USA. I like that. Good job, Ivan. Good job, Gator Richard. As we continue here on the show, under 25 minutes now to go before uh, they get things going out here at Memorial. I saw Duke Keith a, a little while ago. Alberto is ready to go as well. Uh, the players are all on the floor. They are going uh, through their warm-ups. So interesting in volleyball how things go, Adrian. I mean, UTEP was on the floor for about 45 minutes. Then Clemson is on the floor for their 45 minutes. Then they take a little break. They come back together. And now here we are, less than 25 minutes away from action starting up. What's the what's the uh, energy like, Steve? What's is the are the stands already full yet, or is everybody starting to file in here? They're all starting to file in. I would say that uh, the, uh, the 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 bleachers that are to our right, which uh, would probably be equivalent. Uh, I'm trying to think here, probably to the north side of the uh, of Memorial Gym. Those yeah. are already full. South side where the band is marked off, those are still, people are coming in. And then across from us, which uh, those are the non-seats, those are all the benches, those are also right now a little more than 50% full. The problem is I can't see behind me right now, and those seats could already be full because those are the seats with the chair backs. Yeah, that's a good point as well. I mean, I just love the fact that it's going to be that kind of electric atmosphere, a sold-out atmosphere out at Memorial Gym, and it's a big game. So for those who didn't get a chance to buy tickets, uh, hey, here our very own Duke Keith calling the action on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Duke is pumped. He's ready to go. And I know the fans are going to be pretty excited for that as well with this ESPN Plus production from the largest crowd ever for a UTEP volleyball match out here at Memorial Gym. And probably the largest crowd since the UTEP basketball team played here in that 1976 season prior to moving over to the Don Haskins Center. Let's think about that, too. This could be the largest crowd we've seen in this building in now 
nearly 50 years. What a reward for Ben Wallace and all the hard work that he and the coaching staff put with this uh, this squad. Look, they haven't got to their goal. Their goal is to win a conference championship. Their goal is to get to the NCAA tournament. But you throw in the adversity that this uh, this team faced, they could have easily packed it in midseason and, and not gone to a postseason tournament, but they still were successful. Uh, they yeah. bowed out in the uh, court. I guess it was the semifinal round of the conference USA tournament against a ranked Western Kentucky squad. Squad, so maybe next year they could run it back and have a better chance to actually make the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done. Yeah, that would be great, and that's very much what I think their their goal would be. And if they if they win this, as Ben Wallace told us earlier when he joined us near the end of the first hour, Adrian, there's a chance. There's a chance that they could potentially be still hosting a, a semifinal match. Wow, that'd be huge news if that's the case. And we're talking about, you know, going in uh, the Elite Eight today, the the, uh, the eight great. I love the fact that they have a chance when it comes to the Final Four to also host another matchup in this postseason tournament. And if they were in the NCAA tournament, everybody would be uh, thrilled about that. But maybe it wouldn't make as much noise as this would right here, yep. knowing that they get a chance to do it in front of their home crowd. There's no doubt about it. 20 in front of seven. Scotty Walden is in the uh, gym right now. He's pointing to fans as uh, he gets ready to take his spot and uh, join us here for the remaining portion uh, of the program. So excited about that. Coach, grab that uh, headset, put it on, and uh, first off, welcome aboard. Great to have you here. And uh, can't even imagine what uh, really... The last uh, six, seven hours have been like for you and your Man. family since you arrived in El Paso. Been unbelievable, brother. Uh, the support has been fantastic. Uh, just walking in the gym, you can feel the energy here. I'm excited to watch this volleyball team. I'm, wa- I'm excited to watch the Miners get a win tonight over Clemson. How about that? Uh, but, man, this 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 day and, and the past uh, 24 hours, 48 hours has meant the world to me and my family. Excited to be here in El Paso, Texas. Well, this gym's got a lot of history to it. This man. was the gym where the 66 team won the national championship uh, with Don Haskins and Glory Road. And yeah. Miners played basketball here till 76. And probably we were saying earlier, this could be the largest crowd tonight in almost 50 years. Well, it's, it's amazing to be back here on a historic night like that. Obviously, seeing the movie, the movie Glory Road, and, and know the history, know, know that know that story real well. And I, I'm telling you, just walking in here, you can feel the tradition. You can feel the energy. And, uh, man, what, what, a, what a special night to be here for my family and I as we get introduced as the head football coach here at University of Texas El Paso. You had a pretty uh, energetic electric press conference. There's no doubt about that. I'm curious about one thing that we were talking about uh, after the press conference was over, yeah. and that is you're inheriting a program that went three and nine this year, but five and seven last year, and seven and six the year before. So just two years ago, this was a bowl team yeah. that almost beat Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl. No doubt. Do you view this as a fixer-upper, or do you feel like this is a job where you can turn things around in, in relatively quick fashion? I, I think in today's college football, I don't. I really don't think it matters where you're at. I think you can turn things around. In, 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 you know, very, very, uh, you know, quick fashion because of the transfer portal, because of uh, the elite players you can recruit out of high school now because of the transfer portal. You know, that's that's another thing people miss is, you know, the transfer portal has also allowed, you know, schools like UTEP, schools like Austin P where I was at, to sign a much higher caliber high school player as well. Yeah. So I definitely think that um, that we can turn this thing around, you know, very fast, especially with the infrastructure this year. Jim Center, our athletic director, um, you know, and Dr. Wilson have done an amazing job 
in aligning East University and aligning our athletic department and our football program in a position to be successful. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of getting in here, seeing what we have, right? Uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do. Um, sure. There's no question. Um, we, we have to get in here. we got to recruit at a high level, and we got to recruit UTEP people. You know, one thing you're going to hear me talk about a lot is recruiting OKGs, our kind of guys. It's not about just signing talented young men. It's signing people that want to be a part of El Paso, Texas, and the minor football program, and this place means something to them. It's it's a it's a you know I want my football team here supporting the volleyball team here tonight. You know, like there's so many uh, aspects more than just talent. Uh, we have to develop a culture that is sustainable. You know, we are not building a football team. We're building a football program. A program is something that's long lasting, that leads that, that that leaves a legacy, right? And that's something we have to start the foundation of right away. But I think we can get there. Let's send it back to our studios. Adrian, I know you've got a question for Coach as well. Hey, Coach. Adrian brought us back here. I want to ask you an, an yeah. off-topic uh, question. What do all your bracelets mean? I see you uh, in a lot of different videos with a lot of different bracelets. What do they all mean? Yeah. Man, listen, I could roll through them with you. So my left hand, uh, just to kind of give you a brief synopsis, what's on my left hand is all personal. So, uh, you know, I've been – unfortunately, we had a player pass away in July. Thank you, sir. Uh, and uh, Jeremiah Collins, who is near and dear to my heart at Austin P. I had two players uh, at East Texas Baptist in a, in a, in a, in a tragic uh, drowning accident pass away. Um, and, and then some family members, you know, just some things personally. Then on my right, that is all, uh, that is all inspiration and school, school, uh, school things. So I've got some Austin P. braces that, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up and, uh, you know, and, and remember the great legacy we had there. And then I'm about to add some uh, some orange and blue uh, to my right hand. So there's a rhyme and reason for each of those. And my wife, hey, I'm glad you brought that up. My wife, uh, she got mad at me at my wedding. I wouldn't take them off for our wedding. So she, uh, uh, you know, she, she, she's, she's waiting to the day I, I start taking them off. But uh, just a thing of pride for, for, for uh, you know, some personal things and the school we're at. Uh, Coach, I'll give you a follow-up, more uh, football-related on this one. For the defense, you ran a 3-3 three, uh, three stack at Austin yeah. P. Do you uh, plan to run that at UTEP? Yeah, so the biggest thing for us, we're going to be multiple. Uh, we're very diverse with our front. Uh, so, yeah, we, we did base out of a three down. The biggest thing for me is identifying what we have. We're always going to play to our personnel strengths. So the first thing we have to do is identify what we have in the building, what we can recruit, and we have to tailor it to that. I, I believe that on defense. I don't think that you can just pigeonhole it. Now, you know, our system bases out of a three down front, but we can get in a four down front in the drop, in the drop of a hat. And so if we end up basing out of a four-down front due to our personnel, um, you know, then, you know, so be it. But the bottom line is it's not so much uh, necessarily just about the front on defense. It's about the style. And, you know, we are going to utilize multiple safeties all over the field. We're going to utilize an aggressive style of attack. You know, we, we really call defense like we call offense from a tempo standpoint. Um, you know, we get lined up quickly and we execute, we execute our calls and we hunt the football. But it's going to be a simplistic approach but it is going to be an approach that is fearless, fast, and physical and allows our guys to play fast. In fact, I wonder if the uh, answer is, is it more like an amoeba defense because there's so many versions of it? There, there really is. You know, as, as a quarterback, you know, I, I, I'll call the offensive plays and coach the quarterbacks and, and always done that everywhere I've been. Being a former quarterback, you know, there's certain things that, you know, we don't, we don't want to see on defense. You know, things that are difficult, right, to go against. The things that we do on defense – are things that give quarterbacks and offensive coordinators fits, pictures, things that they don't want to see. We will not be – one thing you'll see with our style of play in general, you will not see stagnation. We are a anti-stagnant group. We are not going to just show you our cards and, hey, here, here we are. Uh, there's a time and place for that, but 
we are a very aggressive outfit that is going to look for every advantage uh, in, the, in the game. And so uh, you're going to see an aggressive style of approach with our play calling and with our systems. Scotty Walden here with us on Sports Talk as we continue. Jim Center mentioned CEO when he was talking about what he was looking for. You're a former quarterback. You coach the quarterbacks. You call the offense. You've designed that really your whole career. Are you also, though, in that CEO-type role as the leader of this football program? 100%. That's my number one job. My number one job is every single day to protect and to develop the culture of the UTEP minor football program. That's my number one job. And that, that, that extends. That's a very broad extension into the community, um, into the school. That is my number one job. And, and I think the term CEO sometimes uh, gets thrown around in the sense of, okay, at practice, you're going to come to our practices and just see this guy standing there, arms folded. That ain't me, brother. I'm a ball coach, man. I'm going to be in there coaching. I'm going to coach on every special teams unit. I'm, gonna, I'm going to coach the quarterbacks. I'm going to be involved in the offense, involved, of course, with the defense. You know, the biggest thing for me is hiring a staff that knows our vision, sees our vision. And when I hire people, I let them do their job. So I'm going to allow them to execute our vision. But it is my job to make sure that vision and what my expectations are in every area of the program those are very clearly laid out, and therefore people can go execute those plans. Um, I think when things are vague and you're just like, hey, I'm coaching the offense, and, he, and here you go, good luck, yeah. that's when you get a number of different messages. I am, you heard me say this today, unity is a secret. I am huge on vernacular. That's why everybody that is going to be associated with our program, we're going to talk the same language. You, you, we're not going to be this divided group, and we call this, that. You know, like I, I used the term a minute ago, hunting the football. We don't, we don't, we don't say running to the football anymore in UTEP. We don't run to the football on defense. We hunt the football. Uh, you know, we don't call them uh, turnovers. We call them takebacks because we're going to take the ball back into our possession. So, therefore, the culture and the CEO aspect comes from me making sure that we're protecting that culture daily. We're fostering it on the field, off the field, yeah. academically, raising money, you know, p- putting a resource together for our kids to be successful. That's number one for me. Are your teams disciplined on and off the field? Yes, they will be. We will be a disciplined football team. Um, you know, I talked about accountability today. I talked about um, what it means to be a UTEP minor. And the, the biggest thing for me is you have to understand as a player in this program what it means to be a minor. And so we have to define that, right? We have to define our culture, what we will stand for. And, you know, here's the deal. Some guys are, are going to embrace that and love that. Some guys will be like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. And I respect, I respect both because we are going to find the people in this program who want to be associated with it, um, who want to buy in. And, and I think um, yeah, and that's why I can't wait to just talk to our team and, and see where we're at. You know, uh, obviously I've got to earn these guys' respect. I've got to get in front of them. I fully intend to do that, and I'm excited for that. But from a, you have to have to win a championship, to develop a championship culture, be a disciplined program. I have yet to meet a disciplined championship team that off the field is doing everything undisciplined. You are, you are what your habits say you are, brother. You, you're not just going to walk out and snap your fingers and be disciplined on the field. So we will have a disciplined approach and have the ultimate level of accountability within our program. Because if you're not upholding the UTEP standard, you're not uphold, upholding our culture, um, that's going to be addressed. Uh, I don't care if you're the starter or you're the walk-on or you're the OC or you're the, the, the graduate assistant. You're going to uphold the culture in our program, and if that's not attended to, then it's very simple. You're not going to be here. You know, we're, we are going to have a disciplined program, and we're going to take pride in this university. This is a – I can't tell – like, I'm looking around right now at these fans. This is an amazing place, and I know you guys have been here longer than I have, but but this place, the passion from a distance, seeing the passion, seeing, seeing how good this place wants to be, we want to give this place a winner. So we have to uphold that culture in the dark so it can shine in the light. 
Coach, you talked uh, today in your press conference about how you want to visit some area high schools as early as next week. Uh, what yeah. is that import- What's the importance of just that relationship with high schools and their coaches and players with this university? Man, it means the world, man. Like, obviously, you're recruiting their young men, and you, you want the best players in El Paso to stay in El Paso. But on top of that, you want to develop relationships with these coaches because, man, listen, Texas high school football coaches, high school, high school coaches in general, but Texas high school football coaches, they will tell you the real. They, 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 they know what they're talking about. They're smart coaches. There's a ton of coaches uh, that I know in the Texas high school football ranks that, you know, they could coach college. They just may, may not want to live the lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like they want, they want to be at this. They know they could. Co- I know they can coach at this level. So gaining relationships with them, so that we can get the lay of the land, and so that also the bigger thing. We promote that family environment we talked about. I want these coaches at our spring practice, man. I want these guys at our facility. Hey, coach, can, that DB drill you were doing today, like, can you talk to me about that? We're like, I got in the coaching, man. Somebody help me get in the coaching. Sure. Somebody help me develop. We're here to help. We're here to serve. And I think as the leaders of this community, you know, you know, that's the thing I love about this place too. We don't have a pro football team here. We we are the pro football team. We are the main attraction. But that also comes with great responsibility. And so therefore. We have to open our doors to the great high school coaches of El Paso and become one and unified and make it – I want to make it an environment to where people walk in the stumble they're like, oh, dude, like, I don't want to mess with this town. This town's about to run us out of here type thing. So that's important to me. We had a caller before he brought you on said that El Paso has the largest number of veterans per capita in the United States. Wow. There's almost 50,000 veterans here living in El Paso. A lot of people are untapped. One thing we'll say about this community is it's an untapped resource, especially for you coming in with UTEP football. And if you're able to go into those areas, talk to people, spread the word, and get them excited again, sky's the limit. Yes, sir. And and I'll say this, too. One thing that was so attractive about this job was Fort Bliss and this being a a military community as well. Um, You know, where, where where we came from in Clarksville was home to Fort Campbell, one of the largest military bases in the country. We would take our teams out there in the summer. I was telling Jim about this in the interview process. We would take our teams out there in the summer and go through military training. Like, we would take our dudes on a rucksack march. We'd put them through an obstacle course, divide them into teams, and then we would get to see who our leaders were, get to identify our leaders. And we actually, our defensive units, which we fence for us as special teams, um, another vernacular that we kind of talk about there. We, you know, we would, every brigade that was at Fort Campbell, our defensive units were named after those brigades, and we would have the sticker on our guy's helmet. We want to develop that type of uh, partnership with Fort Bliss, that type of uh, you know respect and honor for our military veterans, and uh, that that's something that matters a lot to my program, a lot to my coaches, uh, and we just came from that environment, and, and we plan uh, to make those connections here. Coach, you mentioned you lost a player recently, one of your bracelets yes, talking sir. about that. Yeah. UTEP lost uh, Luke Laufenberg uh, a few years back, and Babe has been very, very emotionally connected and supported with this program yeah. since then. And I'm sure for you, continuing that relationship with Babe and staying involved like that would yeah. probably be one of your one of your priorities as well. It, it is a top priority. Thank you for for bringing that up because uh, you know I, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, and 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 listen to Babe all the time, and you know have a great respect for him. And you know with with uh, with with Luke, you know just that situation, I, I was able to keep up with that from afar just like a lot of people did from the social media standpoint yep and i'll tell you this man like my heart goes out to to their family and i can tell you this we will honor that young man's life and everything that we can do i want to i can't wait to speak with babe i have not spoken with him yet but i can guarantee you this nobody has to worry if we're gonna you know let that legacy you know drop off the wayside 
we're going to honor that young man and honor the Laufenberg family. Um, as, as a father of a three-year-old son, I can't fathom um, that type of loss. And so we want to be very, very intentional with that relationship with the Laufenberg family and honor, um, on, honor Luke and honor Babe uh, in, in, in out of respect. And also, uh, you know, just getting them, man, I can't wait to get them here to games. I can't wait to, to get them to practice. And I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing that legacy on, which I think Coach Dimmel did a great job of and his staff did a fantastic job of. We will continue that as well. Coach, uh, people asked you at the press conference why UTEP. For you, you gave your reasoning why. But do these past couple hours just kind of reaffirm why you chose UTEP? <laughs> man, man, brother, listen, it, it reaffirms it and then some, man. I, I, I just cannot wait to get to work so we can put a product out there in the Sun Bowl that these fans, like I'm looking at these, this gym being packed out right now. I, I can't wait to see the Sun Bowl packed out and and we sell out the sun bowl one day that's my vision that's my plan when that happens i don't know but we are going to fight for it every single day and i can tell you i am over what my family and i we are over the moon and overwhelmed by the support that we have seen and felt today and i cannot wait to get in front of this fan base more i cannot wait to give el paso texas and utep a product that they can be proud of on and off the field We'll look forward to plenty of conversations with you here in the weeks and months to come. Yes, sir. Welcome to town. Thanks for joining us, and uh, really excited about a new era of UTEP football, Coach. I, I am, too. Thank you for having me. Picks up. You got it. God bless, Scotty Wall and you as well joining us here as we wrap things up here on the program. Final thoughts, Adrian, before we say goodbye. Yeah, just a ball of energy and looking forward to some UTEP volleyball tonight. I can't thank Coach Walden enough. Can't thank uh, Drew Bonnie enough for helping this, uh, set this up. And now it's on to UTEP volleyball. Let's see if they can get a W tonight against Clemson. This place is packed, folks. If you're heading out, be safe, and we'll see you here to rock the Memorial Gym, sold-out Memorial Gym here tonight. For Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We're back tomorrow again, 4 o'clock, right here, 600 ESPN El Paso.